Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host for today, Jasper Apollonia, joined, of course, by Aaron Johnson. Aaron, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. We got some good stuff to talk about. We got some interesting storylines with Jeremy Grant and then the rest of the Pistons as we wind down on what has been an interesting uh, and year of building for the Detroit Pistons. So excited to kind of talk about some overarching themes from the season as well as get into some specific players. Yeah, Mike Angolano is not going to be joining us once again, I'm very sad to say, Uh, but he's left it in our, well, I was going to say capable hands, but our hands, at least, Aaron. (laughs) Um, But the Pistons are not the only thing going on. As the NBA season is winding down, so is the NCAA season. And Aaron, we are one week away from the championship game. We're finally here. The top teams in college basketball have been determined and the final four is set. We're looking to wager on these games or the national championship. Head over to betonline.ag on your desktop or your mobile device to sign up for today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all updated odds and info, along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the best source for all your sports gambling needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports, Bet online where the game starts. Yeah. I mean, Aaron, uh, I don't know about you. I, I got a couple bucks coming up on this next week. Um, my, my Villanova versus uh, UNC, that is my, or sorry, Villanova versus um, uh, Kentucky was originally my final, my, my championship game. Kentucky did not do so well. Villanova still could, could pull it off though. You're probably in a good spot because you at least have one of the teams left. I had Arizona and Gonzaga, I guess I'm basic. Uh, and like everyone else, those two teams both went down um, and did not advance. And so you're probably in a much better spot than most people because you still have at least one of your teams in it and they have a chance to win the championship. I mean, Villanova plays a very good brand of basketball, which is expected every year out of Jay Wright in that team. And I know it's a little bit different this year. They don't really have like one of those guys like they have in years past, but they still just play the right brand of basketball. Uh, they have good no pun intended. Play. I guess not, <laughs> but they just, they, 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 uh, they're a very good team. I could definitely see them winning and Hey, you and, and your betting hot streak might, uh, that might be the start right there as well as your piston spread. Yeah. I could have told you not to go for Arizona. I was happy. They lost my, my ex-girlfriend, one of my ex-girlfriends, she is dating a former, 
um, uh, Arizona great. I feel like I, I shouldn't say who it is. Um, but, you know, just based on that alone, I had to root for Arizona to lose. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, hey, Aaron, the NBA season's winding down. NCAA season's winding down. And when the NBA season winds down, you know what happens, especially when it comes to losing teams. They start sitting their starters. <laughs> and uh, while other teams have been doing this actually for longer than the Pistons have doing, I'm looking at the Trailblazers. I'm looking at you, Oklahoma City, who, by the way, they had a all-time tanking matchup last night. That was incredible. Thank you, Isaiah Roby. Uh, 11 of 13 from the floor, 30 points. Got the Thunder over the top in OT. Uh, they are now two wins ahead of Detroit, which is huge for the Pistons odds uh, of getting the number one overall pick. Um, but Detroit has finally gotten in on the action. Jeremy Grant shut down for the rest of the season with a left cap strain. Aaron, he'd been playing so much better since he got back. You can see it in the overall numbers. He'd been struggling a little bit to start of the season, but he finishes the year with 19.2 points per game, 4.1 rebounds, 2.4 assists and one block. So Aaron, I have to ask you, do you think this was the right decision from the Pistons? Yeah, I mean, this was definitely a decision that for the long term was probably the right decision to make. I mean, the Pistons had been playing much better uh, with Jeremy Grant, Kate Cunningham, and Sadiq Bey all healthy, along with some of their other reserve pieces, Kelly Olynyk, Killian Hayes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but they've been winning more basketball games and they've been a lot more competitive uh, and that is a problem when you're at the back end of the season. You're already eliminated uh, from the playoffs and the play-in. And you need more talent on the roster. It would have been tough for Detroit to continue to you know, win most of their ball games out of the, the, the last seven to ten games of the season and uh, you know lose their odds at a top four or five pick because they just kept winning basketball games. And so they make this decision trying to stay within the bottom three teams so that they have an the, the highest percentage of a chance at the number one pick when the lottery comes. So I do understand it from that point of view uh, on the flip side, it was very productive. I think to see uh, what the Pistons with the staples of their core as of now looked like playing together. And I think we saw the, the progression and the, the chemistry really start to grow between Grant Cunningham and Sadiq Bay. So from that standpoint, it's unfortunate because they didn't get enough time on the court this year to really gel when they were all healthy and settled in. And so it's disappointing that they didn't get the last, you know, eight games or whatever uh, to continue to build on, on what they just started to really build following uh, the trade deadline and, and the NBA all-star break. So uh, it's disappointing from that standpoint, but I definitely understand the decision to shut him down, especially if, the, the knee soreness or the, the calf strain is actually an issue. I don't necessarily know that it is, but Grant did miss you know, 24 games earlier in the season with uh, having to have surgery on his thumb. So uh, his health is obviously very important. He had already missed a large chunk of this year already. So getting him healthy, having him ready for next season where he enters what is currently the final year of his contract, he is eligible for up to a four-year, $112 million contract extension this summer. But he does still have a, a year left on his original contract that he signed with Detroit uh, back in the summer of 2020. So 
he he needs to be healthy for next year. If the Pistons plan on keeping him, it's very important that he's a key cog on the roster. But he also needs to be healthy because there's also the talk that the Pistons still might be interested in trading him around the draft. There's been teams that have been interested before around the trade deadline. There are still teams interested now. The Portland Trailblazers were reported to be one of those teams a couple weeks ago. So Jeremy Grant's health is very important, and it's probably best for the Pistons in terms of getting talent and giving themselves the best chance at getting talent that they shut him down so that they have a greater chance at losing games throughout the, the last seven games of the year. Oh man, Portland's interested. What uh Brandon Williams for Jeremy Grant straight up. I'm interested. Um yeah, I mean, look, Aaron, I, we've talked about this all season, even before the season began about Jeremy Grant being thrown out there as a potential trade piece. And when the trade deadline came up, yes, there were a couple of uh, schools of thought. You were in the school of thought of no, they should not trade Jeremy Grant. They're not going to get back a, a good enough return and he's a good player. Um well, now we're a little later on in the season and Jeremy Grant's initial issues with efficiency do seem like a thing of the past since he came back from those injuries. And I'm going to disregard the Washington game in this one just because he only played seven and a half minutes. Um, but in those 22 other games since he came back from injury, Jeremy Grant put up 19 points, three and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, a steal and a block per game. And this is the important aspect. He did this on 44% shooting from the field, 35, 38% shooting from three, and 42% shooting from the free throw line. So his efficiency took a big jump uh, once he came back and became more of that two-and-a-half third scorer. You know, he and Sadiq Bey kind of splitting those, those secondary scoring duties behind Cade Cunningham. So my question to you, Aaron, is – Having seen Jeremy Grant come back and effectively slot in as like a 2B, 3A kind of option on offense, are you still of the belief that they should not trade Jeremy Grant? Or do you see now that he's come back and obviously rehabbed his trade value a little bit? Do you think the Pistons should, of course, if the price is right, move on from Jeremy Grant? Or should they keep him and hopefully extend it? Yeah, I think. I think the goal right now should be to extend Jeremy Grant. Uh, he's had just such a, a, a nice turnaround to, to his season since he was able to get healthy and settle in. And it helped that he had other guys get healthy and settle in around him, specifically Kate Cunningham. Uh, and then the Pistons got more healthy around him with guys coming back from injury, like Kelly Olenek. And uh, they got an improved version of Isaiah Stewart over the last 30 or so games of the year. So, I think he fits in very well with this team. I like the 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 talk of him as a two A two B kind of guy alongside Sadiq Bay. Um, you know, if those two guys are good enough to be two A and two B, is Cade Cunningham good enough to be the number one guy? Uh, and I I think as of now, I think the way that they've played this year, especially considering that they're going to have a a chance at a top three pick, or a top four pick, a top five pick, and getting one of these guys that can come in and also contribute whether it's a dynamic scoring guard like Jaden Ivey or it's a guy that looks very comfortable scoring the basketball on Paolo Bencaro. Uh, it could be Chet. It could be Jabari Smith. Like they're going to get another talented player that's going to be able to come in and contribute. And so they're going to be a team that's ready to aim for the playoffs next year. And Jeremy Grant is one of the few guys on this roster that has playoff experience. Uh, he played for a very good system and a very good team in Denver. And that's the kind of guy that you need on your roster. 
you cannot have a roster that doesn't have guys with playoff experience, doesn't have veterans that you know have that type of level of play. There's a difference between having, and I know I've said this before, there's a difference between having a veteran like a Jared Dudley back when he was with the Brooklyn Nets on the back end of his career, you know, wasn't really a valuable player, but a good guy to have in the locker room. But you need veterans that can also play, play big minutes and really contribute to a team. And that's what Jeremy Grant can be. Uh, all of the returns on him in this second, these, this post all-star break have been very, very solid. And I, I think the Detroit should absolutely be looking uh, to extend him if they can agree to uh, a number. I don't know if it's the max for your 112 million deal. I don't know if the Pistons are maybe trying to get him to around 20 million. Maybe they don't want to go above 20 million, um, but you're splitting hairs at that point because it's only another two, $3 million, uh, you know, another or each year at that point uh, when you're talking about the max type of contract that he can get um, on the flip side, you know, if the Pistons do get that Holy grail type offer where they can add a, another top pick and, and maybe there's a, a prospect coming back to like, if there's a team that is really willing to do that and is desperate enough to, to get a player like Jeremy Grant, that they're willing to give up a couple major pieces, then, you know, I, I guess Detroit has to really look at that and, and consider it. And I don't know if there's going to be, and I don't expect there to be a team that will make that type of offer. I guess if Portland, really, really does like Jeremy Grant and really wants to get him alongside Dame to take another shot at competing next season, then maybe they have something. Uh, but I just don't don't see it right now. So I think this is setting up for Jeremy Grant uh, to return to the Pistons next year, whether that be on a new contract or playing on the final year of his original contract. Uh, we will see. Well, you know, Aaron, we said something similar in regards to Jeremy Grant deals with the Bulls. Uh, when it comes to like the Portland discussion where there was kind of a thing where like, well, okay, they're all in. They kind of have to trade for Jeremy Grant. Right. And that's the thing with like Portland, you look at that roster and you sort of go, well, well what are they going to do? They're just going to waste, you know, the last great years of Dame's career. No, they kind of have to go for it. Well, maybe they don't. I don't know. I, I think a lot of it will come down to whether they get that Pelicans pick if uh, for, you know, the CJ McCollum deal. If they do get that pick that transfers to them as part of that, that would be a big, big boon for them in terms of making an offer to the Pistons. Because if you can throw another lottery pick at Detroit and possibly, you know, possibly you're also giving up, I don't know, like a, like a Naz Little or something like that, that could potentially sway Detroit to making that deal. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I, Look, it's it's going to be difficult to replace Jeremy Grant's production on this team, and it's going to be difficult to replace that the things that he brings, like you said, that playoff experience, that that real veteran leadership. You know, there's a lot of NBA veterans out there on rosters, but not all of those NBA veterans are the type of ones you want to have on your roster. You know what I mean? It's like, look, Aaron, a ton of people take multivitamins, but it's in important to choose one that's top quality, right? Just like your NBA veterans. Well, with one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Notice I didn't stumble over the word adaptogens, unlike you or Mike. I just want to point that out. 
Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly and it fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of water. It's one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. You know, I was going to give you a compliment on how well you did, but then I caught a stray, and, and I don't want to give you a compliment. And now I just <laughs> want to—I kind of just want to move on after that because I like—I don't even know if I want to finish out the show. Like, maybe you should just kind of do it by yourself, I guess. Like, look, man, things wow. get real. Things get real when adaptogens enter the group chat, man. And people, people, you take people's adaptogens away from them, and they start going crazy. I'm sorry. I just, you know, I couldn't help but notice Mike had a hard time with it. You had a hard time with it. I knew that I was going to be hosting this week. I made sure to practice in advance. I had my flashcards. I'm just saying, you know. Guess I got to get my comprehension skills up. That's work. Hard work wins when, uh, or hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That's all I'm saying, Aaron. (laughs) All right. That's all, all right. I'm saying. All right, Instagram <laughs> motivational post. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can find me uh, on my uh, on my inspirational quotes Instagram. <laughs> well, Aaron. Okay, so we've been talking a little bit about Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant was a guy that I think would probably be part of the discussion um, coming up next if he hadn't come back and played so, so well for these last 22, 23 games or so. Aaron, not everyone has played great. Obviously, Sadiq Bey has improved this year, even if the underlying numbers don't quite look like it. Cade Cunningham has been fantastic. Jeremy Grant has come back and given actually better than last year's efficiency on pretty good scoring. He's shown that he can fit into a different role. But not everybody's played great on the Pistons this year, Aaron. And they certainly wouldn't be in the position they're in if they had. So my question to you is, which players have been the most disappointing for Detroit this season in your eyes? I think you have to start uh, with Killian Hayes. Ah, I I was hoping you weren't going to say him, but I knew you were. (laughs) I'm sorry. I have to. It has to be talked about, you know, just the sheer numbers alone. Uh, There wasn't much progression this year. Uh, The shooting numbers leave so much to be desired. Uh, We know he can distribute the basketball, uh, but his minutes are pretty much the same. He's averaging 24.7 minutes per game this season compared to 25.8 last year. Um, Of course, he only played 26 games last season. So last season wasn't really a a great look at him. This year we got a deeper look at him and the numbers, uh, the play just – Hasn't all been there. The flashes are certainly there with Killian Hayes. You see it at times where he's buzzing on defense. He shows a flash at the rim on offense where he just takes the ball and finally goes at the cup and and, and scores. And, and he's capable of doing that, but he doesn't do it enough. And the shooting numbers have not progressed. He's 
shot worse from the three-point line this year. His free throw percentage is down almost 6%. Uh, so it just hasn't been a good enough season for Killian Hayes to do what the hope was of this year, which was show that him and Kate Cunningham are the backcourt of the future for the Pistons. I mean, that was one of the most prominent storylines, not just in the Pistons community, but in general, like NBA people were talking about, well, if the Pistons draft Kate Cunningham, they spent the seventh pick in last year's draft on Killian Hayes, who's also a guard. How does that mesh? And, and will they be able to? And I know that I was saying, and I, I'm pretty sure you said the same, these two guys can play together. They have the potential to be one of the better defensive duos in, in backcourts in the league. You expect to see a leap from Killian Hayes offensively. And there just hasn't been that this year. There have also been, and I don't know if this is bad luck or what, but Killian Hayes just tends to get hurt every two or three games in some sort of way, whether it's the hand, the hip, the ankle. Uh, it's been a problem for him this year as well. He's missed, you know, 15, 20 games throughout the season. Um, but I just haven't seen enough out of Killian Hayes. And this is coming from a guy that was very, very high on him uh, before he was drafted by Detroit. Uh, so it's been a really disappointing year. The flashes are certainly there, uh, but they just have not been consistent enough. They haven't stayed around enough and he hasn't stayed healthy enough to build on uh, those flashes. So he's definitely the guy that first comes to mind when thinking about uh, disappointing seasons on the year for Detroit. Yeah. I mean, look, there are definitely has been improvement from Killian Hayes this year. You can see it on the floor. He's gotten better at taking care of the ball. He's gotten better defensively. Um, I think even over these last few games, you've seen increased aggressiveness from him and increased ability and desire to score. But in the words of the immortal Scott Steiner, the numbers don't lie and they spell disaster. Um, Look, he's averaging less points, less assists, less minutes. Um, he's shooting worse from three, if that was even freaking possible. And guess what? He's also now started missing free throws more regularly. He's down to like 75% from the free throw line. Um, he's been really bad, actually, from the free throw line since he went to the bench. So it feels like there's always something with Killian. Like you said, he's like, yeah, he comes back and he has a couple good games and then he's hurt. I think that game against Atlanta was a great example of it where he was so, so good for the whole game. And then they go to OT and then a, just a dumb freak injury happens and he's out for the rest of the game. And it's just like, man, even when he's playing well, you can't count on it. It's, it's really disappointing. Um, but I, you know, I don't want to steal your thunder, Aaron. I, I think for me, I'd have to go with, with another guy that came in here, somebody that I was not super high on coming in and Maybe I, you know, I, I changed my opinion a little bit, but I still kind of do feel the same way that if they had spent this money in free agency on Rashawn Holmes, they'd be in a much better place. Um, well, discounting everything that's going on with him potentially legally. That guy has got to be Kelly Olenek for me. Um, you know, he came in and there was a lot of talk that he might even be starting over Isaiah Stewart, if you remember. We, we really thought that he would get to be the starting center. And boy, he has just not played well this year at all. Uh, he's not shooting well. He's only shooting 33% from outside. He's not even particularly shooting well from two. He's actually shooting his lowest percentage from two-point range as he has since his rookie year in Boston. Um, second lowest points per game of his career. He's averaging 2.6 assists, and he's doing okay in the rebounding department. 
but he has not been good defensively. He has not been good shooting the ball. I'd have to say Kelly Olenek for me, for a guy that they're paying $13 million per year on average, has been a huge disappointment, Aaron. He has simply not solidified the front court in the way that he needed to. And you look at somebody like Marvin Bagley who came in and simply by dunking has represented a huge improvement um, over both Kelly Olenek and Trey Lyles. Yeah, I think that's very, very fair to say. And I was definitely not in love with the uh, the accusation in the offseason to bring him in. I thought it was a lot of money to, to give him. And I, I definitely think him getting hurt played a factor because Kelly Olenek by no means is a fast-paced NBA player, but he's been even slower since coming back from uh, the ankle injury. And then he got COVID, which he said uh, was not easy for him. So I think those two things have also hindered what has been a disappointing year for him, but it also makes it a problem going into next season to where I don't know if Detroit can really count on him to play a role. I think in theory, they, they would like to, I mean, they're paying him $12 million a year, but Marvin Bagley deserves a, a contract extension. Uh, I posed a question on Twitter. A lot of people said around $10 million a year is what uh, they would be comfortable paying Marvin Bagley or what they think his type of contract will look like uh, in the off season. I think that's maybe a topic that we can discuss more next week, but I think yeah. if you, you slot him in for a spot, you slot Jeremy Grant in for a spot spot in the front court and you spot Isaiah Stewart in. Then if Detroit ends up with another big in the draft or a forward, a guy like Paolo or Chet or Jabari, really any of the top three guys, where does a, a, a Kelly Olenek fit in? He doesn't. Uh, he exactly. doesn't. That's the thing. If you're drafting a power forward, if you're drafting Chet, if you're drafting Paolo, I think even if you're drafting, um, I think even if you're drafting Smith, like I think if you're drafting Jabari Smith, I, I, I don't think Kelly Olenek has a place on this roster next year. If you're taking a big it, it, with your first overall pick, or even if you're taking a big, so if you're taking like Jalen Duran and let's say they trade Jeremy Grant, that's the only way you can keep him is if you trade Jeremy Grant. But then if you bring in someone like Jalen Duran, like where really is the space for Kelly Olenek? Because I, I don't want to see more of those Bagley Stewart minutes. Do you? Um, this year, I kind of want to continue to see him. I, I don't know if I want to count it out overall. Okay. Uh, I, you have to believe in, in one of them in developing a jump shot. I think it's easier to see Bagley doing it because he's the one that's more willing to shoot the ball outside of the paint. I, I think you need one of them, obviously, to be able to space the floor. Um, I mean, them playing together. I mean, like Stewart and Bagley as a lineup, as a front court lineup. You're okay with that? Really? Not as I, – I don't want him as my starting front court, but I think, you know, throughout the game, uh, I, I'd okay. be fine with Bagley coming in off the bench and, and playing a couple minutes alongside Stewart. Okay. I mean, I, I definitely want to see a bigger sample size. The return has not necessarily been great yet, but I think it would help if one of them was able to space the floor offensively. The problem is covering up Bagley's uh, mishaps. Defensive issues. Which... Well, okay, so let me let me rephrase that. Okay. Let's say that those are both Stewart and Bagley are on your bench next year. Is there any room for Kelly Olenek then in on this team? No. Okay. Wait, yeah. our, oh, man, I don't want to, I don't want to, this is definitely a topic we can get into more next week, but who's the starting center in that scenario? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the point. Like, let's just say you have Jeremy Grant back and you drafted Chad okay. or you bring in DeAndre Ayton and you drafted, you know, uh, and you drafted Paolo. There's a lot of ways you could go yeah. because don't forget if they renounce, 
that, but that's also the problem there. And maybe we should get into this another week because they renounced Marvin Bagley. That gives them a lot more money on the table in order to bring in potential free agents. I believe they do need to renounce Marvin Bagley um, in order to have max space available. So okay. we, we, we should get into that another time, but yeah, you just shot like seven different hypotheticals through my mind. I know, I know that's on, that's on me. That's on me. My I'm point is Isaiah Stewart, Chet Holmgren pairing and figuring my, out how my that point is, hurt. my point is like for the money he's getting paid, I do not really see a path to Kelly Olenek having a role on this team next year. That is anything other than like third, like, like, like your fifth big man. Yeah. or guy that you're like trying to offload the entire season. Yeah. And if Kelly Link was making, you know, $6 million a year, like it wouldn't be great, but it'd be fine if that was your situation because guys are going to miss games and they'll still end up playing half the season or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but paying him $12 million. And I know, you know, the next year that it's 12 million and the year after that, it's a team option so they can cut their ties, but still, and, and the Pistons do have, you know, the cap space where it doesn't really matter right now, but at the same time, just like in principle, it's not a good thing to be paying. What looks like is going to be your fifth big in the rotation, $12 million a season. So yeah, it's, that's an interesting decision that Detroit's going to have to make. And I think that's what, why this draft is so important. Uh, You know, this, this draft could really shape up to change the landscape of how this roster is built. And if they get a big, what happens to Olenek? What happens to Jeremy Grant? I think those are things that, you know, are interesting storylines that really are going to play a factor this summer. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are so many moving pieces with this roster. Um, And like you said, I threw like seven hypotheticals at you, but the thing is all of those hypotheticals are incredibly, they're, they're not just like possible they're, they're probable. Um, there's a good chance that Jeremy Grant's getting moved, but there's also a good chance that, you know, you're getting a high draft pick. There's also a good chance that Jeremy Grant gets moved. There's so many moving parts here and how Troy Weaver decides to play this offseason, how he reacts to all the things that are going on with this organization and with the draft. Um, I think it's going to be key. It's going to make a huge, huge difference in the future of this franchise, you know, I think one of the things you see with a lot of championship contending teams is that the, the window, it opens and closes a lot faster than you think. It's one of those things where there's one off season where you go, you know, this is a big off season, but there's other off seasons. And then you look back at it in five years and you go, Oh no, that was the off season. You actually didn't have a chance at any other point. This was the one where you absolutely had to hit it. I think of say like, those mid two thousands or like late aughts um, New York Knicks teams when they could, could have actually had something if they had been able to get one of James Bosch or Wade, but they weren't able to. And after that, they just completely fell apart. That was their one chance. And it does feel like the Pistons are coming up to that kind of crossroads here where they're going to have to make and, and nail some really important decisions coming up here. I don't know if you feel the same way, Aaron. I know that they're still relatively like early on in the rebuild, but I think they're actually a lot further on than a lot of other people do. And they are going to have to really, really lose these next couple games and make some really, really smart decisions this offseason. I 100% agree with you. I don't know if the Pistons are necessarily there yet, 
Um, but the, the clock tick started ticking as soon as they drafted Kate Cunningham. You have to put a winning team around your young guys, your, your pieces that you're building with soon. We see it, you know, now more than ever with the, the power that players have to force their way off of teams and to specific markets. Like it is important that the Pistons don't take next year's another season. They just try to build something and see what happens. Like they need to be spending this off season, this draft, getting the right pieces around their guy in Cade mm-hmm. Cunningham and putting themselves in a position to be a playoff team next year, to take that leap that the Cleveland Cavaliers took this year. Uh, so it's, it's a big off season for Detroit. I don't think you can look at it any other way. I think it, the way it looks right now, if the Pistons aren't fighting for a playoff spot next year, that's certainly disappointing. And yeah. I don't know if they can afford to not be competing for a playoff spot. Uh, just with the way the league is nowadays player, like, and, and it's not a referendum on any of these guys that force their ways out of markets. And, you know, I don't know if necessarily Kate fits the bill as one of those guys from, Everything we've seen, he is very supportive and is very happy of his, of his place here in Detroit. Um, but it still would be disappointing, especially with the other guys on the roster. Like we've seen Sadiq Bay take a leap. They have Jeremy Grant. They're going to have a top pick. They have money uh, to spend. Like if they can't get the right guys, if, you know, there's another situation where next year you have a Corey Joseph or a veteran like that who should be maybe a bench player starting for you and playing 25 minutes a game like oh no they're doing that again next year that is a problem because they're wasting time when they should be winning then when they're capable of winning and when they have the means to start winning yeah it's going to be crucial for troy weaver too because i've seen him put together assortments of talents you know like we've seen him put together teams of guys that are perhaps undervalued perhaps overlooked um you know, looking for a second chance, looking for a start to their career, somebody like Frank Jackson, somebody like Marvin Bagley, great examples there. Um, but we haven't seen him put together a team that is designed to win, a team that is designed to be cohesive and work together where all the parts are part of a whole. Uh, I haven't seen that from him yet. And this is going to be the offseason where I'm going to need to see how does Troy Weaver really like build a roster? Um Cause I don't feel like we've seen it yet. I feel like we've seen a random assortments of talent. I don't think we've seen a team in Detroit under Troy Weaver. And this is going to be the off season where he's going to have to start showing like, yeah, I actually like, yeah, I know I threw that money at Kelly Olynyk, but the next person I throw money at is actually going to, you know, contribute. <laughs> like that's, that's what I need to see. I can't have him just throwing money at veterans to be like, oh, this guy's good for the locker room. Oh, this guy deserves a second shot. I need it to be focused. Um, and we'll see. This is the offseason where it's really going to start coming together. And it's going to be crucial that they lose tonight's game against the Nets, um, which I will be going to. I'm excited to see Cade in person for the first time. Um, but, yeah, that's that's all about it for me, Aaron. I don't know. Do you have anything else that you're, you're looking forward to for these last few? I believe we have seven games left in this season. Uh, anything you're – you're anticipating um you know nothing that really stands out i mean hopefully we'll see someone like isaiah livers who was out with a concussion uh, but practice mm-hmm. yesterday hopefully we'll see him get back in the mix a little bit uh it's really unfortunate i know we mentioned it last week but chris smith out for the rest of the year he had to have a procedure done hamadou diallo is out for the remainder of the season uh as well so i would have liked to seen him get a little bit uh more time on the court because he's another 
guy that's essentially a forward at this point. He's a four at this point. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. That's a good point. Mix for, for minutes next season. So I would have liked to seen those two guys and, and uh, livers and Smith are both forwards the you know, three, four guys uh, that could be vying for minutes as well next year. So uh, the, we got to see a little bit of Chris Smith in the G league. And I really liked what I saw from him down there. Obviously Isaiah livers has had a couple of nice moments up in the NBA uh, in the few games that he's been out there. Um, but you know, I don't know what, what, what next year is going to look like, but we've got a lot to talk about uh, once we get to the off season, because the Pistons have definitely some key roster decisions um, to make, but you know, we'll see what happens with Killian Hayes, Cade, as he, you know, tries to make one last push for uh, the rookie of the year award. You know, hopefully we can see some more out of those guys And Sadiq Bay. He's had a couple rough offensive games since he went for 51 and then 25, the next game, he's been pretty quiet ever since. So, Hopefully, you know, these young guys can finish out the season strong and, and leave something, leave a foundation to build upon uh, heading into next season. Yeah, I'll say this. I think Cade's winning rookie of the year. I think he's putting it together right at the right time. I think these last couple weeks, I think it's going to push him over the top, especially now that Mobley has been falling off a little bit and not everybody's built, you know, bought into Scotty Barnes. I think like the Scotty Barnes, Mo Wagner, the Mo Wagner, Franz Wagner votes are kind of going to split themselves. Um, I, I do think Kate's gonna gonna end up walking away, and I was not convinced a couple weeks ago. I, I think he's getting it now um, with his play as of late. Aaron, man, it's whew, we got a lot of stuff coming up. It is kind of crazy that a team this bad can have so so much happening around them, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's kind of shocking. Yeah, no, I mean, there's never a, the NBA season for really every team is now year round. Like there's never really a break anymore because you have the draft right away. You know, you have the lottery, then you have draft and you have summer league, you have free agency. Like yep. there's that couple weeks in August, beginning of September where it's quiet. But nowadays we have, you know, that's a point in time where a, a, a all-star level player decides they want out. And then that's the storyline heading up uh, to, to the start of the preseason. And then we're off. So uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of become the norm nowadays, I guess. Yeah, and you know what? I, something tells me we will discuss the Pistons' future rotations again, especially Kelly Olynyk. And thank you for bringing up Isaiah Livers because you know what? I think he's going to have to probably be part of that forward rotation discussion going into next year as well. Um, he, to me, has definitely shown that he's got definitely a flash of something there. And Chris Smith, another guy as well. So, a lot of moving parts with this team, a lot of moving parts going into the offseason. It's going to be fascinating. Um, Pistons have only, I believe, like I said, seven games left, including a must-lose against the Oklahoma City Thunder. If you lose that Oklahoma City game, you've basically locked yourself into a top three pick. That's going to be a huge, huge, huge loss for either team that gets it. Um, but we will talk about that next week. I believe they are playing on the first, so that will be part of next week's discussion. Aaron, that's all I have for this week. Anything else from you? No, I'm, I'm good to go, man. Good stuff as always. A pleasure to be here. Fantastic. Always happy to talk to you. Hopefully we will have Mike Angolano back for you in the next coming weeks. Uh, we as always wish him the best. For uh, Aaron Johnson and our not here host, Mike Angolano, I'm Jasper Apollonia. Please uh, remember to check us out on Twitter, Um as well as Palace of Pistons. For Aaron Johnson, I'm Jasper Apollonia. We will see you next time on the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by Believe and Bet Online.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.